Hello and welcome to Better Words. My name is Caitlin and I'm just a bookish babe. I'm Michelle and I blog at the Unfinished Bookshelf. So today we are bringing you the intro of this episode from my new house. It's so pretty. Yeah. That's really cute. I have spent the last week packing and the weekend moving and um, I haven't actually owned that much so we've got it all done on the weekend although the house is a complete mess but that's alright. Although, you know what's making me sad? What? When you move, a list of things to, like, unpack. Like, to unpack first. Like, and kitchen like to pack stuff last. Yeah, it's like stuff. kitchen stuff. Like, I haven't even got much clothes out. Like, the skirt I wore to work this morning, it was, like, so wrinkled. I had to, like, <laughs> shake it out. Like, but shake yeah. It yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, kitchen stuff and, you know, all those kinds of things. Like, books is just really far down on the list of essentials, it really is. you know? And you packed them really early too. You packed them before we went to Brisbane. I did. Well, because we when we went away and everything, I sort of knew that I was going to be moving and I wouldn't have had time to pack it all. So my poor little books have been packed for ages now. <laughs> oh, my God. Hmm. I know. Just There's think no- how exciting it's going to be to unpack them all, though. I know. Although, I have to admit, moving them all, I was a bit I like... Know. I was a bit like... Mm, maybe I do own too many. So I might do a bit of a cull as I'm unpacking for ones that I'm just, like, never going to read, you know? I have, like, a constant rotation mm. of books I'm trying to get rid of. I think I even, like, was to, like, was saying to you that I was trying to give you books for your new housemate too. Yeah. And be like, is there any books that she likes? I'm trying to get rid of some. I know. So well, maybe it's, it's a good point. Maybe I can pawn some off to her. I don't even know. <laughs> but um, They're still going to be in your house. Caitlin. Exactly. I know. Well, they won't belong to me. <laughs> Technically, yeah. Uh, I might have to go through and see what I can get rid of. But I'm at just sceptical of this. I'm, yeah. Yeah, hold me to <laughs> it. Because God knows I'll go through and be like, oh, yeah. And then turn around and the pile of books to get rid of will be like three. I attach way too much meaning to books as well. I'm like, oh, but someone gave this to me. And oh, I yeah, it's just, oh, I need to stop. I need to. I but it's the same with not just books, like everything I own. I'm yeah, like, I oh, I might use this one little thing that I've never used for I 10 was, years, but I might need it again. I know. You know what was actually one thing that I did that with when I was moving is that um, even when I was leaving, um, I have just moved out of home. We've discussed this before. <laughs> I'm like 20. But anyway, um, I was leaving and I had this like tray of like pe- like every perfume I've ever owned and I took the one that I'm like currently wearing and currently using and the the other thing was that someone said to me they're like oh are you are you taking these it's like the only thing left in your room and I was like no I'll just throw them out I was like you know what I don't need to but take they empty or yeah oh. like one of them had a bit left in it because one it was one that I didn't really wear but I got it for my seventeenth birthday oh so, so that's like a, long a little time ago. But you're also like, oh, it's a birthday present. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's probably why I've held on to it for so long. But, like, it was like, I don't need six almost empty bottles of perfume, you mm-hmm. know? Like, I don't wear them. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, I mean, if someone could give us any tips on getting rid of crap that you don't need, it's very I'm much not appreciated. Ru- I'm not ruthless enough. I'm not ruthless enough. Actually, um, I always talk about uh, this with my mum, um, because one of the podcasts we both listen to is Chat 10 Looks 3 with Annabelle Crabb and Lee Sales, and they always joke that, like, Annabelle's the book hoarder, and Lee is, like, the one who will throw out anything, even if Annabelle signed it for her, like, <laughs> so I just need to find that happy balance between the two, 
Because yeah. um, yeah. I, I love, I really admire Lee's ruthlessness. But at the same time, I'm a bit like Annabelle where I'm like, but I might need to refer to that book in 10 years' time. I like, I just, yeah. <laughs> like on my but I, don't have, I do not have the space in my house to to do that. Like, yeah. I, I don't I don't have the space. I'm going to have to do that with my university textbooks as well. Mm. It's just, I didn't really, I literally own, like, I mean, 24 courses in a uni degree. Yeah. I definitely had more than, like, three subjects that I had more than one book for. Like, I have, like, 30 textbooks, probably more. Mm. Not that they're all that big. I mean, I study communications, but still, I need to get rid of half of them at least. Yeah. Actually, you might like some of this in political ones. Oh. <laughs> just <laughs> the books that I get rid of, you're going to replace. Like, we're just going to go around in circles. Oh, this is ridiculous. It's a dangerous sign. Anyway, is that all you've been doing lately? Yeah, pretty much. So it's okay. just been my life. All right. Well, I worked this past weekend, which was a bit... Yeah, okay, no one likes to work on the weekend. But um, Jack convinced me to go and see It at the cinemas. <laughs> what a mistake, though. It was not. It was a good movie. I asked Caitlin to join us if she wanted, and her response in text was, um, fuck no. Yeah, so I stand by that. No, thank you. It was really good, actually. So yeah. I think I've, I've spoken about My this brother. Before. My younger brother, who I've referred to many times on this podcast, went and saw it with his friends because it's like school holidays. He mm. is old enough to see it. I'll say that, but it is school holidays. But um, he went and saw it with his friends. And then the next day he was like really tired and we were like, oh, why are you tired? And he's like, I couldn't get to sleep last night. <laughs> I <laughs> so will say I wouldn't have seen it like when in I was, middle of the afternoon. I wouldn't well. have seen it when I was that young. <laughs> um, I have spoken before on my blog about not being a fan of horror um I'm, I'm really not a fan of horror but the thing is after my ex broke up with me I just was in the mood like I think I remember I remember telling you this I was like I don't want to see anything romantic I don't want to see anything happy I hate the world right now and I I started watching American Horror Story and it was really okay. good and I've got to say I think American Horror Story was worse than it because the thing oh, okay the thing that freaked me out in it was not what the supernatural being does, but what people do to other people. Mm. Um, that's always that the is what stuff. the scariest stuff was. And that, stuff I listen to true real. crime all the time. Yeah. And like the stuff that's not real just isn't as scary, you know, like ghosts and stuff like that. Like no. I that's why I think that's why more people are scared of like psychological thrillers and stuff yeah. like that. Because stuff it's that like, other people can do. Uh, you know, yeah, like murderers and like serial yeah. killers. And Which like, is funny because and, like, then really I watch scary. way more of that. Than, see, I'm not going to yeah. go and watch like Annabelle or anything like that. Like that stuff freaks me out. But the yeah, thing no, that, I will say that dolls are freaking creepy. Oh, dolls are creepy. But also like I'm not going to watch like The Exorcist or anything. But the thing with it is that by the end of the movie, I was way, like, as the kids become less scared of it, so did I. It was it was really cool. And um, the thing is, it's kind of like a boggart from Harry Potter where, and I didn't know this until I went and saw the movie because I did, like, zero research. Um, and I hadn't read the book or anything. Have you seen the, you haven't seen I haven't seen, haven't seen anything. So no. I, because obviously I, I was like, um, I'm not watching a horror movie. Yeah, no, I haven't seen so anything. So the thing. The thing that well, it's like a boggart. So basically, it um, is shown to people as like their biggest fear. Is that so, why you always see a picture of a clown? Well, no. Because what's the clown? I don't. He see- chooses. Okay, he chooses. Pennywise chooses clowns mostly 
I think to attract young children because like oh. he feeds on children probably because children's fears are easier to latch on to because they're things like clowns or mm. one guy has a fear of spiders one has a fear of this painting and he appears because of this creepy lady in the painting and Pennywise appears to him as the creepy lady in the painting so he appears to each oh. of the different kids as their fear and I maybe that's the because you ever sort of know about is the clown. it's a clown I know that's and you know what I didn't know it like opens its mouth and like chomps on kids I didn't oh. I didn't know I didn't know it had like, I didn't know anything about I know it. I knew like, nothing I, so that yeah. was kind of cool from like a perspective to be like oh this is what all the fuss is about um yeah but I mean it's obviously very clever because it is thing, it so is really like, clever but as with as with I found as with Carrie which is the other one I've watched again that's not really that's not scary like it is scarier than Carrie Carrie is very good though and it is on Netflix and I did think you? even you might enjoy that that's yeah. a Chloe Grace Montez one. Oh, okay I was about to say did you see like the original or like a no I read the book first though oh, okay. um and that one again it's it's what people do to other people that mm. is the scariest part and nothing that Stephen King conjures up is like quite as scary as what humans do to other humans yeah and um no I get so that. in the book it goes through, so did you know that, I didn't know any of this, but um, it reappears mm-hmm. every 27 years. Oh, I've seen this on social media because the last yeah. movie of it came out in like whenever 27 years ago. <laughs> I was about to do the math and I was like, let's not try, um, in the 80s. Yeah. yeah, so the book is set I think in the 50s and then, when the kids are adults, then in the 80s, but they've changed it so that this one, chapter one, is set in the no, 80s no. Oh. so that the new sequel, when they're adults, can be now. So, like, in another 30 years they're going to make another movie? No, in two years. It comes out 2019. Oh. Yeah. I know. It's cool. Wait, I didn't Stephen know any King, of this. Has Stephen King written a sequel? No, or no, no, is he no, involved no. in the screenplay? The book, the book is, like, they've split the book up because the book... <sighs> So what I was going to say is the book, (laughs) yeah, the book is the kids and then they come back as adults in the book. Like the book is huge. Oh. But this, I didn't know. I was like, I thought we were going to see the whole movie. But But this, this is chapter, at the end, the credits, before the credits, it says chapter one. And so they're going to do chapter two, which makes sense because of the way they finished. I think in the book, from what I was reading on Wikipedia, which is always trustworthy, um, it's more intertwined. I'm doing hand gestures even though it's an audio podcast. Um, so That's it's, all right. I'm finding it useful. It's more intertwined, like my hand Picture gestures. Picture us intertwining our hands. Um, <laughs> but in the movie they've split it and just kept just the kids and then they'll do, do the sequel. The well, they'll do just the adults but with flashbacks to the current kids. Like oh, they'll okay. have – and they'll have the same kids and the same Pennywise as well, I think. Interesting. I wonder if they have to film it now so the kids don't look any older. Because, I mean, maybe depending on how I mean, old I think kids are, two years can make a lot of difference. I think it's already in production. Well, exactly. The first mm. movie would have been filmed a couple of years ago. Yeah. Probably. But it was, I, I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it. And um, it's maybe it like an think, interesting concept, but I horror. still don't know if I want to see it. Because I'm really, I'm really not a scary movie person. The only scary movie I think I've ever watched um, – it was on like a sleepover for like a birthday party. I was in like year seven and um, I came back from the bathroom and there was, I don't even remember what it was. There was like a ghost on the TV or something when I came back from the bathroom and um, 
I was about to say something funny because, like, I couldn't get the taps to work in this girl's bathroom or something. And um, I was about to say something funny and I just, like, glanced at the TV and there was, like, this big scary ghost or, like, monster or I don't even know because all I remember is that I, like, squealed and actually jumped and landed on, like, two other girls. It was, like, a big sleepover. You know, like, when you're in year seven, you have, like, 12 girls sleepover. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, like, fully landed on, like, half my class. <laughs> Actually, it is funny that I went and saw it because do you remember when we went to see the new Ghostbusters and I, like, jumped in that movie? <laughs> <laughs> in Ghostbusters. And not but even to my defense, like To my defence, like, I get – I am a very jumpy person. There yeah. have been times when my dad has simply walked around the corner and I've been like, ah, oh, my God. Yeah, no, my um, mum like and I are both so jumpy. We my scare like the crap well. out like, of each other. Drop a fork in the kitchen. Yeah, like, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just like, I'm so jumpy, and I get this. The music gets me, and mm. but there were only a few times that I really like got freaked out in the movie last night, and it really wasn't. I would say I found American Horror Story freakier, and I think that's because Pennywise is so obviously this supernatural being whereas yeah. I think I found the thing with American Horror Story is it's real it's yeah and the ghosts are all like real people yeah but I love American Horror Story because Ryan Murphy does such a good job oh, of Ryan creating Murphy such a amazing. backstory for each of the ghosts in the house and you just get to it even though I was freaked out a bit I was like I have to know what happens Ryan Murphy is so good. it's so good. so good so there's a I, I reviewed that on my blog and was like talking all about it and stuff yeah. I'm sure we'll link to that um and then the other thing like complete contrast the other thing that I've been watching lately is this new show on Netflix, which I really want you to watch because I think you're going to love it, and that is White Gold. Oh, with Chuck Bass. With Chuck Bass. What's oh. his real name? Ed Westwick. Ed Westwick. Yes. Ooh. And, yes, he's just Thanks. as hot in this, and it's quite raunchy. And isn't he, like, actually British in this show as well? Yeah, because he's, like, oh, British in real life. on this real note, this week is, like, the 10th anniversary of Gossip Girl. Of, like, the first yeah, that's Girl. so cool. Did you watch it when you were a teenager? No, I only watched it. I watched the whole series through, like, last year. On really? Yeah, no, I never That's watched so it when I was a teenager. No. I think I started I knew who had... Gossip Girl was from the, when I first watched it, though, because one of my friends really liked it, and she yeah. told me, wait, when did Gossip Girl finish? Yeah, it must have been, like, year 11. Yeah. 12-ish. Um, no, I finished when I was at... Oh, wait, I was going to say, I finished when I was at uni. I forgot that I'm a few years older than you. We do that um, all the time. It's like, no, our timelines don't match up. What's going on? Yeah. Oh, well, my gosh. Anyway. You know what I just realised? What? We pre-recorded an episode for next week um, in Brisbane. What we didn't – it's going to be my birthday. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> we didn't – we knew that we were going to air it then too, but we didn't mention We didn't – but did, I don't think we did an intro. No. Okay. okay. Anyway, guys, We'll be back. Next week we'll be back for that. Next week is Michelle's birthday, but we'll mention that again next week. Um, <laughs> but anyway, but, back to White Gold. So, oh, yeah, <laughs> it's really good. So if you don't know, it's it's like, you know, I love the th- this thing about British shows, like my favourites, like Gavin and Stacey, Australian the IT really crowd. British comedy. But you my favourite thing about them is each season is like six episodes long and they're like half an hour each. So oh, you really? can just binge me. it. I love it. I mean, that bugs me though because then you run out of a good show. I love finding like a, re- like a good true. show. It's like... I mean, it does happen more often with, like, American sitcoms and stuff. Mm. But, like, finding a good show that is, like, 24 episodes, already got, like, four seasons, like... Like Veronica Mars, you mean? It's got three seasons. But, yes. Should have had four. It's got a movie. Yeah. Yeah. An hour and a half movie. And two books. 
<laughs> I'm going to get you to finish it. Yeah. I'll I just need there. to get my DVDs back from the friend I lent them to. That's right. We'll um, get there eventually. But anyway, back to White Gold again. <laughs> so it's set in the 80s in Essex and it's basically these guys. Yeah, it's so cool. It's so 80s too. Like the it. outfits, the hair, the music is amazing. I love shows can go back and sort of make fun of the time period that they're set in but without looking no this looks more legit than that 70s show i mean that 70s show is a bit of a satire yeah like it's still no i would say true to the period but like they sort of mock the period they're in i would say about elton john not having a boyfriend this is this is more like the 80s version of mad men like they do it really Really? well it's really well done but it's so funny but it's also really like these guys are it's it's kind of i mean it's focused around ed westwick but he has these two sidekicks they are double glazing salesmen Mm -hmm. and so they're basically like conning people out of money um and it's just he gets it's so con TV yeah well it's something. so good because then he gets like caught up in this whole thing where he hasn't paid like he's got like fifty thousand dollar tax debt yeah, and awesome. all this kind of stuff's going on he's also a bit of a he's a bit of a don draper character yeah. actually like he's having a few like, affairs seen American Hustle? no i haven't i actually really enjoy wait that is that movie. the one with um it's like jenna florence yeah Bradley cooper and christian bale and like, yeah like three more people that i can't even remember but yeah i didn't really know. I just kind of knew that I always movie. wanted to see it. Yeah, it was really good. Focus. And like we Focus. watched Focus. That was really Focus good. Is a really good con movie. Yeah. We're totally getting sidetracked and we should probably just get to it. And for like, with... wait, for the fourth time, please go watch White Gold. It's really good. You're not going to. But for go. now. Yeah, for now, enjoy Stick this around. interview um, with Pip, Pip Harry. <laughs> Pip Harry. Just in case you missed that, but Michelle's about to introduce her anyway. <laughs> yeah. We're really excited to introduce our guest today. She's actually one of my favourite Aussie authors. She has written three young adult novels, including the newly released Because of You. She is an editor and freelance journalist who's worked with Women's Day, New Idea, Good Health, TV Week and NW. She was living in Sydney, but a few years ago relocated to Singapore with her family. Welcome, Pip Harry. Thank you for having me, Caitlin and Michelle. Thank I'm you so, so, so thrilled to be here. Oh, I'm so glad. We're so excited that you're joining us. <laughs> Yay. And it's so nice that you could come back to Australia for the launch of the book too. I know. I was so excited to get on a plane and come down and just see my book in bookstores and talk to people about it. And, yeah, just being in Australia is really special. <laughs> um, so let's start with the brand new release uh, because of you one of the main characters is tiny um an 18 year old woman living on the streets so homelessness is obviously a huge feature of the book um why was that something that you felt should be explored um in young adult literature and how did you come to actually write the novel okay well i was a volunteer in the homeless community for a couple of years uh, and I worked with a creative writing group each week. We would sit down and write stories together. Just um, like Noah. Cool <laughs> exactly like Noah, that's right. <laughs> so I had an experience of, you know, being part of that community um, and I thought I would like to try writing about it. I, I didn't think that there were that many book, young adult books that dealt with homelessness, so I thought I might have a go, especially with my personal experience, yeah. Mm. Yeah, do you think it's a topic that you do need to have that personal experience or personal connection with to kind of do it justice and, and to go past what the stereotypes are? Yeah, well, with Because of You, I definitely wanted to smash those stereotypes because, you know, as soon as I'd even just spent the first week going to the shelter, I knew that those stereotypes were just cliches. 
and didn't get to the heart of the, the real issue, which is complex and, you know, lots of layers. There are lots of different reasons why people fall into homelessness as well. Um, so, yeah, that was definitely from the outset what I wanted to achieve. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because all the people in our, our group were funny and intelligent and just gorgeous people. So I really wanted to showcase that. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, yeah. I mean, I really loved that. And at the, at the beginning when Nola is sort of going, oh, because she is, has to do this for, like, work experience for school, for her high school degree. So when she's like, oh, I don't want to help at a homeless shelter, and she gets in and she's like, oh, don't touch me and everything like that. And, like, in a split second, basically she's like, oh, I was wrong. Yeah. But I think she, she's vocalising, obviously, what a lot of people think. Yeah. And what, what were some of the, I guess, things that you had thought before your experience, Pip, that kind of you looked at after and were like, wow, that was, that was really wrong? Yeah, I mean, I was like anybody who's, who walks past homeless, a homeless person on the street and doesn't know what to do. Should you yeah. give them money? Should you stop? Should you talk? Should you keep walking? I was just like that. Um, so I had not a lot of experience um, working with, you know, marginalised people. So, yeah, I was very like Nola in, in that respect. Just to go back to the other question, I did, don't think you need to have experiences to write about them mm. <laughs> for sure like I've written boys and girls you know I'm not a boy and I've written about lots and lots of different things that I haven't necessarily gone through myself but mm. for me it really helped that I had spent time in the homeless community to be able to write yeah. this you know particular book I um, think that yeah, really so shows I def- yeah I definitely felt like it, you know that that I went along on this journey too and therefore I could write it you know from my perspective you know through the eyes of a character for yeah. sure I think that definitely shows through the story is that, you know, you, I mean, reading it myself, I haven't ever volunteered or anything, which I just feel so horrible about. Um, I haven't had a whole lot of experience with um, any of this really, but reading it, I can tell that it's real, if that makes sense. Like Mm -hmm. it's not any of these cliches or stereotypes or you know what we know from the news and all these other things it's like a real experience which I think makes the book so amazing and I think something (laughs) you're very welcome (laughs) um and I think something that highlighted for me which obviously I've known about and I've thought about and it's been a growing concern of mine because I've listened to a couple of episodes of the guilty feminist and they've mentioned this but that is the particular issue of women who are living on the streets and don't have access to sanitary products. Um, And I think you portrayed that really well. I mean, apart from the fact that we rarely ever get talk about periods in young adult anyway, like that that matter aside to talk about how difficult it is to, um, I guess, cope with that when you aren't, you have no money and like you're talking about how she used like newspaper and stuff like that. Um, yeah. It just made yeah. me realise I really should look um, to find out where I can because I know there yeah, are some places. in that area. Well, I know yeah. that there are some um, charities and stuff who collect, like, tampons and pads and stuff and then, like, distribute yeah. them. I'd really like to find where we can yeah. do that locally because I think that that's a really tangible way to make a real difference yeah. to someone. I mean, it is, it is, yeah. I mean, I was a bit worried about putting that scene up, so, up the front of the book. Mm. I was worried that that might put readers off, but I also yeah. really want to stay in because I think it's such an important issue to think yeah. about. I what, agree. You know, I, what do you do with ordinary everyday things like getting a period on the streets and not having access to exactly. sanitary products and, you know, and a shower and somewhere to wash your clothes? Um, mm. you know, I think it's really confronting to think about that. Yeah. It makes you look at people on the street 
live on the street some of those yeah, issues. Yeah, for sure. And in, in places in other, you know, developing nations, they also, you know, don't have access to, you know, tampons and pads. So mm. there are there are organisations you can go to. I know there's one called Days for Girls. Okay. Where yeah, where they um, it's a charity where they make packs for girls in developing nations. Um, I think through some of the one of the major supermarkets here might have a donation program. Um, but mm. I don't know enough about it, and I'll definitely go and look up after this podcast. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there are ways definitely to help out in that area. Um, I think we, we, women have to help women, don't we? Yeah, exactly, yes. exactly. Um, and just before we kind of move on from talking about this topic, so, yeah. like, focusing on this, I would just like to say if anyone hasn't watched, the, there's, like, ABC shorts called um, You Can't Ask That, and they ask the questions that, are usually taboo so they have people on there who are blind people on there who have um facial um like disfigurements um people like they had the cutest one was they had people who were 100 and you know the questions will be like do you just wake up and think you're going to die every day or you know yeah. like they're questions you would never ask and they had a really good one on homelessness as well and it was like how did you become homeless and you know, it's just a it's a really um, affecting thing to watch as well. Um, if, if you haven't seen that, it's really that cool. sounds amazing. I'll be <laughs> yeah. checking that out too. Yeah, yeah. it's on iView. It's on iView. Just um, free. They're like right. ten minutes, and they've got ones with um, like Muslims, and yeah. it's like, I oh, do you, what do you think of terrorism? Like, you know, yeah. stupid, stupid stuff that. Yep, they have Down syndrome people who've been in prison. Um, which was really interesting, um, drug addicts. Like, they just have so many different things. It's just really, really interesting. That's amazing. Yeah. Did you guys watch Filthy Rich and Homeless? Um, no. Did you see that? No. There was an SBS program um, where they sent a group of celebrities out to live on the streets for a couple of weeks. Oh, I think I, I heard about that, the promo, like, yeah, I think I heard about it, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, I was watching it, you know, and the book was already printed and, and mm. ready to go and I was thinking, oh, fingers crossed I got it right, you know, <laughs> and I wanted my book to be, you know, similar to this experience. Yeah. And it was, it was very similar in terms of, you know, just feeling like you don't have a voice on the streets that people are just walking past you every day and not seeing you. Mm. Yeah, so I'd really recommend that too. It's a great show. Wow, cool. Um, so one thing I wanted to talk to you about was um, I've really been loving the contrast between Nola's, like, girly high school problems and then Tiny's quote-unquote real problems. Um, the two different worlds in this story are really interesting. Why did you decide to write from the two perspectives, like two point of views? Yeah, great question. Um, at, at one stage in writing this book, I did have someone suggest to me that I drop Nola's storyline entirely mm. um, and just make it about Tiny because Tiny's story is so much more powerful and, mm. you know, she is dealing with kind of a life or death situation. Is she going to survive that day on the streets? Can she find something to eat? Yeah. Where is she going to sleep? Whereas Nola, on the other hand, who's um, a schoolgirl in year 12 and is quite, quite privileged, She's worrying about, like, you know, her school formal dress and yeah, you know, her, her boyfriend, boyfriend yeah. and schoolwork and homework and that sort of stuff. Mm. But I, th I really wanted to have that balance um, showing the world from those two different girls' perspectives. 
and I want really wanted them to have that friendship as well and to show yeah. those two worlds coming together in a friendship, you know, and just recognising, you know, that they could be friends even though they were so different. Yeah. One of the things I struggled with was what would they talk about when they first met? <laughs> I was like, what's a homeless girl going to talk to this privileged schoolgirl about? But mm. in the end they sit down and they share some baked goods, you know, they eat some croissants or something and they have a hot chocolate and they talk about boys. Yeah. Because um, I, yeah. I did realise they're just I really girls. love that. So yeah. Like, yeah. Exactly. And everyone bonds over food as well. Everyone bonds over food. Everyone bonds over that cute girl or guy over there. You know, like, I really loved that little scene that you had. And especially because I think it really gave Tiny a different perspective as well because it's understandable that Nola is talking about boys, but then for Tiny to be talking about boys and it's just like, well, she is 18, Mm. you know, like... Yeah. Yeah, and she's gone through heartbreak recently as well. Yeah, so they exactly. just kind of like they just have a nice moment together. Mm. But they just share a bit of like real time together. Yeah. yeah, I liked that scene too. But yeah, it took me a while to, to get to that point to realise how they would come together mm. and sort of start that friendship. Yeah. Yeah. Well it works beautifully. I also think, <laughs> you know, in some ways I had the you know, the life on the streets versus um, the lead up to the school formal to sort of contrast what what's important in life like mm, I think yeah. you sometimes get a bit caught up in things that are not important not that I'm saying that the going to the school formal is not important but sometimes we spend thousands of dollars on things and get really caught up in stuff yeah you know that's perhaps not not as important exactly. as other things it definitely <laughs> is a good reminder to yeah. everyone just to be yeah. like oh what am I prioritizing in my life yeah you know, what's exactly. really important because here? anyone who's ever been like, especially in more recent years, I think, like if leading up to year 12 or have been in year 12 recently, like formal gets so crazy. I completely related to mm. everything that so, Noah's yeah. friends were going through. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. It matters. It matters so much, you know, and you get really caught up in stuff like that, you know, especially the final year of school, you know, everything matters so much. You know, I remember even just worrying about the colour of my nails and <laughs> oh, the, the fabric for my dress. I spent months choosing it and... <laughs> Well, I mean, like, I, I think you write that so well um, in all your stories because I, I, think I, I think I told you this already, but, like, I remember reading um, Head of the River and thinking how or feeling so much affinity for Lenny in that because, I mean, obviously her, um, her goals and stuff were sporting-based and mine were academic, but the press, pressure that she placed on herself um, – to achieve certain things, definitely um, I, I could relate to how I felt in high school about how important those things were. And obviously now I look back and I'm like, oh, they probably weren't really that important, no. you know. Yeah. Like I could get yeah. where I am today without having put so much pressure on myself and stressed out to get a certain yeah. mark, you know. I yeah. think everyone has yeah. something like that from year yeah. 12. Year yeah. 12 is just crazy no matter what's going on. It's tough, it's tough. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. And I think there's a line where Eddie has who's this gorgeous um, volunteer in the book, he says to Nala, he's a bit older, and he just says, you won't even remember your, your you know, HSS score. No, but he mm. does after a couple of weeks, and so it doesn't really matter. So it matters just yeah. be happy and have, you know, and have a good life. And, she, yeah, and she really needed to hear that in the book at that time as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. definitely. So writing um, is a huge part of the book, obviously, with the, um, the writing group that's at um, Hope Lane. Um, so I, like, we both, I think, really enjoyed the snippets, um, of yeah, writing as well. Like the, the different poems and yeah, stories. Yeah, I think that adds something so beautiful to the story and obviously we learn more about 
each of the characters from those snippets as well. Um, books are also um, really important, especially with the street library. Um, and there's a bit of a focus in this of, you know, books and writing kind of saving people. Why did you want to explore that? Well, I think it's true, actually. Like, I do think stories are so important for people to share. Um, and, I, and I think books do. Like, I think Meredith said books can save anyone if they're the right ones. Yeah. I, I would just love believe that. that. Line. <laughs> I really love that line. Like, I already loved <sighs> Meredith at the Street Library and everything. And then when I read that, I was like, oh. And I, like, put the book down for a second. And I was just like, that's so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and like literacy is a big theme and it's sort of um, being able to share your stories, being heard, being listened to, yeah. having a voice, um, mm. that's all really important. When I was working with a group of homeless writers, they, you know, you could see their self-confidence growing as they were telling their stories and, that, you know, and owning them mm. and just, you know, it was just so important and I knew that I wanted that to be a major theme of the book as well. Books. Books is a theme of the book. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love when books are a theme in books. Yeah, um, and I guess knowledge and um, books and stuff is kind of a way of gaining back some power too, in a sense. Like, I mean, if people are disenfranchised and, you know, they if, if they don't know how to read or they struggle with those sorts of things, gaining that skill can be a way that um, – they can, I guess, connect with other people and, and mm, find yeah. some find their own voice Open again, like you said, and yeah. find some power. Yeah, and, and, like, just have that cathartic outlet for whatever's going on mm. in their life too. We used to do this free writing exercise, so it was, like, ten minutes of just blah, you know, on the page, just, yeah. like, letting out whatever was in their heads. And you could see them freeing up and relaxing and, you know, just being able to write things down sometimes is just really helpful, like problems yeah. or just, you know. Yeah, so that was really cool yeah. to be able to do that. Yeah. I mean, and even also the, the, I love the street library, the idea of, like, yes. writing books yeah. for, for the homeless, you know, not just food and shelter and clothes. That's really important, but also feed their creative soul. Mm, you yeah. Know? I think that's really a cool idea. And, exactly. I mean, I just can't imagine, like, how and I mean I know this sounds kind of silly considering there are so many other factors at play, but how incredibly monotonous and boring every day would be if if you're yeah. not, you know, if all that you're doing is looking for a new place to sleep. Like they they do need stuff as well, and these people mm. had lives before hand. So yeah, I think that street libraries are incredible. Yeah. Actually, yeah. a, a yeah. Facebook group that I'm part of, um, Chat Ten Looks Three, which is for for a podcast of the same name. Um, someone put in there that she and her, I think it was her husband, had made like a little, one of those cute little street libraries for the, out the front of their house. Um, oh, yeah. You know the ones? Yeah. yeah where you like, like in your litter box yeah, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, it was this really cute little thing and they, it got stolen the very next day oh, and she put it on gosh. the Facebook group and she was like, oh, Chatters, can you help me out? And then someone must have known someone who, because oh, the group is run by Lee Sales and Annabelle Crabb, or like it's their podcast. So there are quite a few journalists I find like myself and there are other journalists who um, listen to this. So someone knew someone who worked at the ABC and um, I think she got on local radio and then um, another paper in Brisbane picked it up and like by the end of the day she was like, update, it's being found, it's back and safe and <laughs> like, it was just so That's nice right. that the community like rallied and I, I didn't read the story so I don't know how they found it or if it just like turned up again or whatever but like it's so good that some good can come of that and I think people 
recognise the the importance of providing that sort of thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's an escape, isn't it? Like, mm. You know, you guys are probably the same. Just you pick up a book and you can escape your, you know, day-to-day reality. And I think that's so important for people on the street, you know. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. More, yeah, more, more sure. important for them if anybody else. Yeah, you know, to yeah. provide a I'm, haven. I'm, a, I'm also a Chat 10 Look 3 a listener. Yay! <laughs> oh, yay, I really like it. Really have, cool. have you tried the crack yet? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I know. I haven't tried the crack yet either. Caitlin's looking at me all perplexed. I don't even know if I want to ask. We, we will have to link. We'll have to link because apparently Salada biscuits are just like, you know, being sold out Fly across the, the nation because of this recipe that originated um, in this podcast. So we'll, we'll link that. That is so Link the funny. recipe. Um, yeah, I, I just, I love, I love Chat 10. It's beautiful. It's a lovely Facebook page nice. if you want to join it. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's all about books as well. They talk about, you know, books they yeah. like, which, you know, I, I love. I've got so, so yeah. many recommendations from them and, like, highbrow recommendations too, the sort of stuff that I haven't usually read. So I feel very smart. I read my first <laughs> Helen Garner because of them, which I'm sure they'll, they'll be happy about. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she's my hero. Helen well, Garner, <laughs> I can see why you're a chatter too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And a Nedorino as well, by the way. Are you? <laughs> Did you already know that I've like, oh, I love my favourite murder. <laughs> I knew, I knew that because I've listened to this podcast a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, and I was well, like, yeah, she's Yes, yes. <laughs> sexy, don't get murdered. Yes. Yeah, I'm to that. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm going to the live show on Monday. Obviously, uh, by the time we record this, it will, um, like, but by the time we air this, it, it will have been and gone, but... Oh, I just wow. love Karen and Georgia. So yeah, I'm super excited for that. I've got my um, I've got my toxic masculinity ruins the party again T-shirt that I'm gonna wear. So. <laughs> That's great. We'll have fun. I'm so jealous. Thank you. Jealous. <laughs> Thank you. I will stay sexy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, sorry to go off topic a bit there, but um, to get back to the more serious stuff. Um, Pip, have you ever felt like writing has saved you? Oh yes, of course. Um, many, many, many times. Um, I particularly, I remember my next book is a verse novel. Oh wow! Uh, for middle grades, yeah. So it's called The Little Wave at the moment, which is a working title, but hopefully that's what it'll be called. But I wrote it. I was um, really sick. I had um, severe sinusitis, and I was so unwell. And I was trying to convalesce in in a house by the sea. (laughs) And I started writing that book as a way to just get through this illness, you know. I was sick for for probably about eight weeks. And I pretty much wrote, like, about half of it just, just, you know, trying to get better and putting myself in another world and thinking about characters and their lives. And Mm. it's such a big escape for me as well, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm. I I feel like even even if you're not a writer... Or a creative person having a project can be so good when you've got other stuff going on in your life because yeah. you can just focus on it and yeah. it kind of yeah takes the pressure off other areas of your life if you can spend especially if it's something yeah. that's constantly on your mind or like yeah. to just sort of have a bit of a break and focus on something else yeah is, yeah really powerful exactly yeah yeah, yeah that's kind yeah. of why yeah. I mean, it's not always was. as dramatic as that for me sometimes it just it's just an hour here or there or something mm. I do on a flight or whatever. But it often helps me to, like, work stuff out in my head. You know, how, like, for example, with Because of You, how did I feel about 
you know, the homeless community and how mm. we treat our homeless people and how do I feel about defensive architecture, you know, like the spikes that, you know, pop oh, up in the city yeah. to stop homeless people resting. So there's a lot of issues that I wanted to kind of work through in my writing and it just, yeah, it helps get my head straight on stuff as well. It's like yeah. free, free therapy sessions. It's great. It is. Um, so as I mentioned a little bit before, you've always tackled quite tough issues in your book, uh, in your books, sorry. Um, so, you know, in, um, I'll tell you mine, there was like that really tough relationship with parents and friendships. Um, and then obviously in Head of the River, as well as like the pressure to achieve, there was also, um, you know, performance enhancing drugs and body image issues as well. Um, did because of you feel tougher to write at all? Because I think for me, the reading experience has felt different to the other books. Like it feels more emotional to me. Um, not that the other ones weren't, but just it, it feels like a step up in terms of emotional impact. Mm, it was harder to write. Um, and, and I think that it was like, I was more emotionally invested, um, I went sort of deeper with maybe with the research as well. Yeah, it was it was a tough book to write. Actually, in the, at the midpoint, just thought I don't know whether I can finish this book. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was doing a number on me. You know, <laughs> there was scenes where I was like, "Oh, this is so hard to write." And mm-hmm. yeah, it was a tough. Well, especially tiny in the you know in the start of the novel, her life is pretty pretty hardcore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I really had to go there emotionally for sure. Um, yeah, I wasn't sure I'd finish, but I did. I'm so <laughs> glad I did. Yeah. yeah. And maybe it's a step up as well in terms of my, the skills that I was using. You know, I was trying to write poetry that was, um, you know, quite emotional and trying to tap into that as well. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, a lot of the poems that, you know, our characters have written in the, um, in the writing groups and just even, like, on public transport, it seems. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, a lot of those little poems and stories and everything, letters, like they were all so powerful. So you did a fabulous job. <laughs> uh, wasn't sure I could pull that off actually. I like sent it to my publisher. I was like, there's poetry in this book and uh, I don't know where it came from. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and now you're writing a verse you novel. That's amazing. Yeah, verse <laughs> novel, yeah. So I think because of you it's pushed me towards a more poetic way of writing and I was reading a lot of verse novels. I don't know if you know Sarah Crossan. Yes, yeah. On her work, you know, she wrote One and The Weight of Water. Mm. Um, yeah, and I was just really getting into verse and so I thought, I'll have a go at it and it sort of just fell out. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm not <laughs> a poet, I don't think, but I've written some poetry now. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you read anything by Carol Lynch-Williams? No, I haven't. Because um, she has some really good ones. She has... Um, novels and verse and the verse that was really wonderful was called waiting um i really recommend that that was a pretty emotional read and i think that was my first verse novel and i was surprised by how emotional it was um and i think i read it probably three years ago so i'm stretching here but i think it's so the the main character her brother died so it's a, a lot about grief and stuff like that so that was really Really, really good. Oh, I've just written it down, so I'll, <laughs> I'll follow that up. <laughs> I like how verse is really spare and, like, tight and you have to be so economical with the yeah. words that you use. 
sketch mm. and the placement of them. I just, yeah, I love that. I think that really appeals to me. A lot of my writing is in very short sentences anyway. Yeah. So I think, you know, maybe it wasn't so hard for me to go, <laughs> go into that style. I can see why you like Helen Garner as well. Yeah, she's amazing. Amazing. yeah, yeah, definitely someone who has a brilliant economy of words. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, actually, Kate Tempest is another person I felt that with as well. I haven't actually read her poetry yet, but her novel, The Bricks That Built the Houses, was great. And I've got um, Hold Your Own and The New Ancients to read, which are her poetry collections. But yeah, she's she's really, um, I guess, taking off, especially overseas as well. Yeah, yeah, I'd yeah. love to read more of her stuff. Yeah, she's, yeah. She sounds amazing, yeah. <laughs> um, so let's kind of branch out from books for a bit and talk about yep. you, you moving overseas. So um, how long has it been since you moved to Singapore now? It's been, uh, it'll be two years in January, so I guess about 18 months. Oh, gosh, yeah. I didn't um, think it had gone yeah. that fast. <laughs> yes, I know, and so we're really enjoying it. It's very hot there. It's really humid, so it's quite like day to day. It can be quite hard to live there. Yeah. I use a lot of air conditioning in my house. Yeah. Um, no, it's great, and the writing community there has been a total surprise for me. So yeah. um, I've been involved in writing festivals and poetry workshops. I'm part of the Singapore Writers Group, which meets up and like we workshop staff. I'm part of the YA and children's group. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's all happening over there. It's great. It's a really thriving um, literary community. Oh, wow. I had, I had no idea. <laughs> um, yeah, right. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, so is it, tr- is it right that um, your daughter, when you moved, was about the same age as um, you were when your family used to live over there when you were growing up? Yes, that is correct. That's so, so when cool. I, I was six years old, my family moved to Singapore to live for two years. And when my daughter Sophie was six, we found out that we would be going to Singapore to live for a couple of years. <laughs> isn't that so, so funny? That's cute. That's really weird, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so looking at her and uh, you know, in Singapore, and looking at photos of myself in Singapore at the same age, it's quite spooky because <laughs> we do look we look alike too. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah, lovely. That's really weird. It's so great though because she's having the, this experience that I had. So you know, she's eating fried rice and satay at the hawker centres. You know. And she's, you know, swimming every day and going to school there like I did. So it's just really nice to be able to share that with her, to know that mm. she's having a similar experience. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, that's so Yeah, cool. I was going to ask if it's nice to be able to share that. That's like a special thing. Um, oh, it's so special. Yeah. yeah. I mean, do you know what? Even weirder than that is that my dad went to school in Singapore as well. Oh, wow. <laughs> really? Oh, my yes. goodness. And he would have been, I think he was about seven, eight, nine. Slightly older, oh. but um, so that's yeah, really awesome. So he, he was there as well. So three generations of my family have, mm. have grown up and gone um, to school in Singapore. So each time they've come back to Rock, that's to, to, to Rock Australia. To, to Australia. Australia. <laughs> I wish I lived in Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> we <laughs> wish you did too. <laughs> I do. I remember coming home from Singapore as a child and thinking, "This place, I can't live here. It's too cold." And we came back in the middle of winter to Melbourne. Oh, no, that would have been a bit of a shock. Yeah. 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 Oh, such a shock. I was like, no. Should have come to Rocky Pit. <laughs> yeah. If you yeah. moved to Queensland, you'd probably be fine. It's probably the same climate. Probably <laughs> pretty What's Rocky's um, temperature? Like well, right, right now it's like a lovely, probably what, like 20-something? 20 27-ish. 20 we, we basically didn't have winter. 
No, so, we skipped winter this year. And it's year. always really super, super humid here because we're on the Tropic of Capricorn. So it's probably like the same. <laughs> now, now, is there a role for me at the Rockies? Can I come and work? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> actually. Maybe after Singapore, we'll move to Rockhampton. That sounds perfect. We, do, we do have some jobs going. There's always a job going. <laughs> always a job for you, Pip. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. I'll be in touch. <laughs> yes, please do. <laughs> but actually, cool. seriously, no, we always have jobs going. <laughs> I just actually have just come home from the farewell of someone else. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I know. I'm like the, awesome. oh, you know what's scary, Pip? Because, like, I think I've only just started working there. Or, like, we first met when I was doing my internship in Sydney. And now I'm like, everybody else has left. And I'm like, going to be one of the senior people there. And that's really wow. scary. How did that's that happen? Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I did You're my. The boss. Yeah, I, well, I actually, I did my first chief of staffing the other day and then deputy editor, my boss just was like wow. on an RDO and I was like, oh my goodness. And we had work experience kids with us and it was crazy. It was crazy. No, she's the boss. Yeah. <laughs> she's yeah. the boss now. <laughs> That's so cool. Don't worry, I'll hire you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she can if she's the boss. <laughs> oh, um, so our next question is kind of going to be like, if you could tell us what you were working on, but you've kind of already done that. So, oh, I got the cat out of the bag. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you actually, could... I mean, that's, that verse novel is kind of finished, actually, essentially. Awesome. So oh. what I'm actually working on next now is maybe a story set in Singapore, possibly. Oh, fantastic. That would be lovely. So watch that space. Yeah. I think that while I'm there, while I'm still there, Make the I'll most of it. something. We'll see. <laughs> that would be really good. I think, I think you'd be... Well, probably not surprised, but I think a lot of people would be able to really relate to a, a YA novel-ish, you know, of Australians living in Singapore and going to school mm, there. That's right. mm, that yeah. would be really I mean, interesting. Like you did and like your daughter is because I know I have family that did the same thing. They lived there for about 10 years. Mm. Moved back oh, when really? their kids. Yeah, they moved back when their kids were teenagers. Um, oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. So... Yeah, it was very funny actually when they came back to Australia. There were so many things. They visited us here in Rockhampton and I took my cousin to the shops and um, he was just so surprised that there was like a plain white T-shirt in the shops. And I was like, there's plain white T-shirts everywhere, mate. I, was, I, don't, I don't know what it was. but that, of all the labels and stuff over there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. it was just that's – there were a lot of other things that were like Australian that we don't realise was like different um, but that, so the, wh- the white T-shirt thing is the thing that I remember. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just go straight to Aldi and Kmart and Target when I'm here because you just get the best stuff there. So, so good. Many things Love that I Kmart. Miss so much. Yeah, Kmart's really <laughs> come a long way in the last few years, haven't they? It really oh, it's has. Really good. Oh, yeah. yeah. I no, bet you also amazing. stuck off on, you know, your Aussie foods though as well, Tim Tams. Yeah. Vegemite. Tim Tams, absolutely. And <laughs> yeah. also, like, I usually bring about four to five kilos worth of meat. Oh, wow. Um, wow. Home, yeah, I put it in my, ba- um, in my bag and I, that's that's fine in Singapore. You can bring meat, cheese, whatever you like, really. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. They I did not know that. That's that so like, Yeah, bring it in. Steaks, okay. Oh, my <laughs> so God. You bring, yeah. you bring meat into Singapore. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's yeah. so strange. Wow. I think I, I think I think I've heard of, you know, people bringing alcohol in. I've heard stories about like that from many yes. people. Well, but alcohol's so expensive there. You know, you yeah. get this 
bottle of wine costs about $4.50 here, a really cheap bottle. You go to Singapore and it's like $40 on special. Wow. The same bottle. Whoa. Yeah, it's, it's just no good. Why is, that, why is that? Do they just have like really strict licensing laws or is it like why? It's a tax. Uh, oh. Yeah, they just whack a great big tax on it. Wow. I'm not sure why. See, and a lot of people think that Australian alcohol is expensive. That's pretty crazy. I know. Yeah, it's nothing compared to Singapore. <laughs> you don't, you don't want to go go out and have twenty drinks. You know, it'll be a thousand dollars. Oh Holy my crap. goodness! Wow. <laughs> All right. See, this is why we need a book set in Singapore. Yeah. This yeah, is so exactly. interesting, I'll, I'll, I'll see what I, what I can come up with. <laughs> <laughs> um, so since you've been um, travelling a bit, you know, lots of plane rides and stuff like that, have you been reading anything um, of late that's kind of grabbed your attention? Yeah. Uh, what am I reading at the moment? I'm reading Hex and House by Nikki McWatters, who's a fellow yeah. UPP author. Yeah. So I've just been reading that on the plane and it's like about witch hunting. And it's set across 400 years, so it's amazing. Oh, my she God. She juggles three characters, 400 years, and witch hunting. Oh. It's very cool. I need, awesome. more, I need more witch books. I, I need that. I feel like I could really love a good witch hunting book. Mm. That yeah, sounds it's great. It's fantastic. That sounds awesome. I also, uh, what have I been, I want to read Take Three Girls by... Oh, yes, the yes, Tuesday that's how we as well. Yeah, definitely. So I'm definitely getting that book and taking it back with me. And yeah. The Undercurrent by Paula Weston. Oh, yeah. And so that's a, that's another um, Queensland author mm-hmm. as well. Um, yeah, she's so, she's so cool. Yeah, yeah. And that only, like, only just came out as well. Your books must have been out pretty close together, yeah? Yeah, I think they came out on the same day. Oh, really? Oh. <laughs> yeah, so we were sending each other messages saying, your book's out, my book's out, yeah. Oh. Book birthdays. That's yeah, lovely. Same book birthdays. That's cool. <laughs> um, yeah, it was great. So do you have any tips for people, like, I guess, from the writing group that you used to run, if people are feeling a little bit stuck for, like, creativity and stuff like that, do you have any tips for kind of getting things flowing again? We did so many exercises, you know, because I was there for a couple of years, so we tried everything to spark creativity and ideas. Like, one thing we did was bring in, um, and I I wrote about it in the book as well, um, things that smell and, mm. and, you know, like herbs and leaves and flowers and things yeah. like that. That's really and that interesting, sense is really strong, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like oh, scent and music are, like, the two things that just trigger memories for me. Mm. Mm. Exactly. Music, we brought in, like, a, a music player and we played some songs and they would write poetry to each song. Oh, wow. That was oh, really cool. cool. Yeah. That does sound yeah, really, really cool. Good. Um, we did a lot of story starters as well, like cutting out stories. You know, oh, like they do in the book, yeah. <laughs> um, and what do you think? Like, I probably should have asked this before when we were talking about it. But what's the the experience that really stayed with you from your time um, in, in working with the writing group? Is there is there one thing in particular that really stuck with you? things one is never take people at face value or like always ask their story Mm -hmm. like where have you been who are you who's your family you know what are your passions so Mm -hmm. I try and do that you know both in my work and in my personal life um you know just because someone is down and out or might you know look different or whatever yeah always ask questions find out about them what else also it changed my writing quite a lot working in that group because Mm -hmm. it made me write much more from the heart and the gut. Before I was kind of trying to be a bit tricky with my writing and a bit clever. 
But I try not to do that anymore. I try and write things that are, like, emotionally genuine and real to me. Yeah. Yeah, I think that definitely comes across in this book. And, yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, I think that about what you're writing anyway, to be honest. I love your other work. But, yeah, this definitely was just, like I said, a step up in terms of emotion and, yeah, yeah just a really – a very um, emotional book but mm. so beautifully written, like – and really, and really important too. Like it's a really yeah. important topic to talk about um, and I'm glad that like it got us thinking about how we can kind of Yeah, how help. we can help and make Because we're really privileged too. Like, yeah. you know, we've got good jobs and, you know, yeah. things Luckier like that. than a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a fine it's, line I think, you know. Yeah. And it does, it does, you know, reading the book I hope it does make people feel lucky. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I think there's an expression there, but for the grace of God or whatever, it just means, you know, it could happen to anyone. Yeah, and, yeah. And, yes. and count your blessings for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think it's a bit of a tissue book. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> a lot of people are saying that they're crying on public transport and, you know, mm. that's, that's okay with me, but, yeah, there are a few tears in the book, I think. Yeah, I always think that's a, that's a good thing because it means that, you know, I've been – really really touched emotionally so well yeah, yeah. I, it, it always is a really good thing for me because it, mm. it genuinely takes a lot for me to cry especially when reading a book or watching a movie I cry a lot in tv shows yeah I feel like I'm more <laughs> like I get more connected to the tv yeah. show characters I mean after you know 10 seasons of course they're like my best friends or even you know? after four if it's Patrick on Offspring oh, as we've was... talked about before oh that was ridiculous. still not over that but yeah, but if, uh, <laughs> no, that's it. That was really that was gutting. That, that was, was horrible. Time. That was a horrible death. Oh yeah. my god! But yeah, so you know, I've always felt that it, it takes a lot for me to cry. So, um, yeah, if a book makes me cry, it's yeah, pretty special. Yeah. Oh, thank you guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah. And for taking the time to read, you know, to sit down and read when you've got busy lives. I think that's really amazing. Oh, oh. believe me, it was our pleasure. It was. It really was. <laughs> Although when I started reading this, I did feel like it was kind of jinxed because every time I picked it up, something would happen. Like the phone would ring or, you know, something would happen and I'd be like, no, I just started and I just want to read my book. Go away, world. Exactly. exactly. I know she got quite frustrated the other day. Yeah, I was like I, caps lock messaging Caitlin, like I yeah. just want to read, and I was like, oh my god, like she was angry, letting all my frustration. <laughs> out. It was a very frustrating day. Uh, yeah, yeah. That was, that was actually pretty funny, but you did sound really angry about I it. I was. I was feeling really angry, but not because I wasn't enjoying the book, because the world was just getting in the damn way. Yeah, the world was getting in the way of the reading. Yeah. I mean, you know, you should have locked yourself in a cupboard or something. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Taking some sick days. <laughs> Shh, no, I'd never do that. No. <laughs> no, no. I would never Me do neither. that. No. Um, so if, if people want to follow you, which obviously they should, um, where can they find you on social media? On social media, I'm quite active. Uh, my handle is at PitHaz, and that's H-A-Z, PitHaz. Um, on Instagram, Twitter, and you can find me on Facebook too, and I think that's it. Oh, my website's um, Awesome. Thanks Fantastic. so much for joining us. Hey, thanks for listening to Better Words. If you enjoyed this episode, which I hope you did, you can go find us on iTunes and subscribe so you never miss another episode. You can also leave us a review or a rating. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can find us on all the socials at Better Words Pod or visit our website, betterwordspodcast.com. 
Uh, we love you for listening. Thank you. And please join us again next week.